Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are back with another episode of Will and Grace. So let's just jump right in, because this was kind of a weird one, and we want to talk a lot about it, I guess. Yes. So this week's episode is episode 23 of season 4, and it's called Fagel Attraction. And here is the description. When his laptop computer is stolen, Will meets a sociable police detective, guest star Michael Douglas, who takes a special interest in his case as they go undercover. But Will doesn't know that the gumshoe is secretly participating in Jack's therapy group for gays. (laughs) Okay, so here's my favorite thing about the description. The fact that they have to specify that it's a laptop computer. Like, anyone does that anymore. Right. Like, this is, that clearly dates it so much, but I, I know. Um, so this is obviously a weird episode because Michael Douglas is there. Yup. I do have the sense that this was probably a pretty big get for Will and Grace. Yes, I think it was. Um, I'm trying to remember. Michael Douglas is the one who's married to Catherine Zeta-Jones, right? Yes. Okay. So he's not gay. He's not gay. Huh. He is definitely a creep, though, so the typecasting is, like, locked So on. spot on. But, yeah, I think this was a pretty big get for them. I mean, he's, like, a, I feel like award-winning. Yeah, won, I mean. He's won an award fair. of some variety. But, again, just to reiterate, like, the only fact that makes Michael Douglas less creepy is that his father is Kirk Douglas, who's, like, the king of creepy. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. So, um. Wait, isn't, isn't Michael Douglas the one who claimed that he got some sort of brain cancer from going down on his wife? Or something. That does sound familiar. He had like a brain thing that he claimed came from eating pussy. That does sound familiar. Yes, that does sound correct. All right. I I think it's very unfair of him to malign Captain Zeta Jones, who clearly was just waiting for him to die and did not expect it to take this long. Uh-huh. I that's they're one of those weird Hollywood age gap couples where you're just like, How the fuck did that happen? Like But like now Captain Zeta Jones has waited so long that like it's not actually that weird anymore. Yeah, because she's kind of aged into him a bit. Like she's crossed over into like Sarah Paulson, Holland Taylor territory, except, like, they got together, like, literally in the last 12 months. No, I think it's been longer than that now. Probably, like, two I years. I mean, comparatively, like... True. To Catherine Zia Jones. On a cosmic scale. Um, the other weird thing about this episode from a celebrity level is that um, it's written by Genji Cohen. Yeah. Who we embarrassingly did not realize was actually David Cohen's sister. Yep. Um, so, for those of you who are going, why the fuck doesn't it? Nah, blah, 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 blah. So for, those for those of you who are doing that, you're having a stroke. <laughs> See a doctor. Seek medical attention immediately. Call 911. <laughs> if you're smelling toast, call 911. Um, but for those of you who are like, why the fuck does that name sound familiar? It's because she does Orange is the New Black. That's like her big claim to fame. Yeah. Well, and she also did Weeds before that. Yeah, and she did Weeds. Um, and she's written for several other shows. Will and Grace is not her only one. Yeah. She um, only did write this one episode, though. Yes. Uh, and this is probably a very early credit for her. Um, but it's also probably one of the last credits that David Cohen has until the revival, too. So, I mean... Very true. Um, yeah. Um, also, another celebrity in this episode is Molly Shannon. Val is back because we're just going to keep going back to this well until someone loses their mind. Yeah. It might be me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, I think this is another plot that kind of suffers from, like, revival syndrome because... Val's plot in the revival episode is actually, like, a teensy tiny bit different uh, than her plot in all the other episodes we've seen so it's far. It's a subtle tweak, but it really does help. Yeah. Because a lot of her other plots, as we will discuss, are very fucking similar. Yeah. And it, it's a little it's a little frustrating when we're just kind of watching the show week by week to see, oh, it's time for Molly Shannon to show up and do this shtick again. And don't get me wrong. I love Molly Shannon doing the shtick. We love the shtick. 
But it's, the shtick is good. The shtick gets a little bit tiring, though. It's sticky. It's very sticky. Um, let's talk about Michael Douglas first, though. Yeah. Okay. So he's creepy as shit. Yeah. Like. Okay. So the plot line in this episode is basically like we enter the episode like right in the middle of it. Will has just lost his laptop. Someone has stolen it while he and Grace are arguing over a muffin, yes. which is totally Grace's fault. Yeah. Uh, I know that you are a big Grace defender, but she and literally, literally... This one was her bad. She's Will literally said, hey, could you get me a chocolate chip muffin? And Grace was like, sure, but then also ate, quote, the only muffin and also put two more muffins in her bag. And then gave Will a raisin muffin, so then he went back to exchange it, right. and then, poof, the laptop was gone. Mm-hmm. So all the events of this episode are totally Grace's fault. 100% her fault. Sorry. It's just, don't... Don't take the only three chocolate chip muffins if your friend's been talking about it. Just give one to him. Just just do it. It's totally worth it. It's also, raisins are gross. Yeah, that's actually quite cruel of Grace to give her friend a raisin. I would yeah. never do that to you. Well, especially because I'm sure that like he didn't realize it was raisin until he bit into it because chocolate chip and raisin look so similar. Oh, I didn't even think about the possibility so, like, that he, he didn't could, know. He may have had to ingest a raisin. <gasps> A whole raisin? A Maybe whole. even more than one. Oh my god, depending on how big his bite was. Because you know men take big bites. Men do take big bites. Especially when they think it's a chocolate chip muffin. Now I want a chocolate chip muffin. I might make chocolate chip banana muffins this week. It's not the same. Sorry. Anyways, so <laughs> this guy is a cop or a detective. It Okay, I just want to clarify. He is actually a cop though, right? Like... I wasn't sure by the end of the episode if he actually was. I feel like yes, because he yells at that beat cop and the beat cop listens to him. Yes, I think he must be a detective. There was a dark night of the soul there where I wasn't sure, but I think so. Based on the details he gives. I think he's actually He's got to be an actual cop. But his name is Gavin, mm-hmm. and he's either a cop or a fake cop. And he basically just, like, has just come out. Mm-hmm. He is feeling very aware of that and, like, not able to, like, function in life. Yeah, so he, like, makes up really elaborate stories to get right. men to talk to him. So he does this to Will, and the elaborate story is that he wants Will to help him recover the stolen laptop, which kind of sounds like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine plot on the face of it. <sighs> okay, I just, I remember sitting here thinking, this is, like, nine months after 9-11, these cops definitely have way better things to be doing. Yeah. Like, this is off the clock as fuck. <laughs> Ain't nobody looking for that laptop. Well, and it's just, it's almost weird that Will doesn't see it sooner that it's weird. Yeah. Because he's just so excited to get to play, like, cops and robbers. You know, like, he's like, literally. ooh, we can, you know, do a stakeout and we'll bring the laptops to the gay bar. Yes. And then we'll sit here with our laptops holding hands. And that's a normal thing that a cop will do with me. Yeah, he's, a gay man. he's just like, we're going undercover, and this is all legit. And yeah. it's not legit at all. The only thing that saves this plot for me, and and I feel so weird saying this because, like, when it's introduced, I thought it was the stupidest idea, is Jack's gay therapy group. I think Jack's gay therapy group might be the best part of this episode. I mean, clearly Jack is getting absolutely nothing out of it other than mm-hmm. an increasingly inflated ego. Yeah, I think that, if anything, this group is really bringing out his narcissism. Mm-hmm. Um, But it does allow him to reveal to Will that Gavin is really weird. Well, and just from a plot perspective, it is quite clever that we find out that Gavin is crazy long before Will does. Yes. The show almost never does that. Like, we don't really have the one character learns something and then is separated from the narrative 
and doesn't reveal it till the end. Yeah, it's very rare that the audience knows something that the characters don't on Will uh-huh. and Grace, but in this case, it really works, I think, for I their... Mean, I think that's not true, only because sometimes Will and Grace's plots are a little transparent. Yes. But this is probably the, one of the first times that the writing intentionally yes, shares that correct. information with Intentionally, us. the audience knows something that Will doesn't. <laughs> Unlike the other times, like with Val's plot, where we're like, oh, well, we know something that Grace doesn't, which is that Val is cuckoo crazy pants, and right. this is going to go badly. Right. Um, so it, it just, it spends a long time with this plot line before we find out that Gavin is just cuckoo crazy, just like Val. Yes. Like, um, this episode could have been called Cuckoo Crazy Pants, and it would have been fitting. I will say that the Gavin and the Val plots go together really well, because both Will and Grace, Grace more than Will, like, sense something is off, but then just, like, boldly push forward nonetheless. Okay, here, hot take from this episode. Gavin and Val should become friends and have their own Will and Grace-like duo and terrorize the city themselves. <laughs> I can see it now. It's like Will and Grace meets Batman villains. So, like, literally, like, they're like the Joker and uh, Harley Quinn of... Mm-hmm. Gays and gals. Except I think Val is the Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gavin is definitely Harley Quinn. He's super Harley Quinn. Yeah. Undeniably. Yeah, for sure. And he's got his police contacts, so he can be, like, undercover. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah. So, they go undercover to recover this laptop. Right. Which makes no fucking sense. But as we've learned, Michael Douglas's character is freaky chief guy. Yes. And that is the other thing that I love about this episode, is that it doesn't, like, leave it at... Will finds out that Gavin is crazy and he dumps him. No. It goes into a totally weird different place because Jack has learned from therapy that Gavin has a thing about teeth. Yeah, he hates it if there's anything in people's teeth, which we see Jack used to terrorize him by eating. They look like Oreos, but they were called Jack-O's, and mm. I could not handle that. <laughs> um, but so he's eating, like, mini Oreos, and he, like, gets them all up on his teeth, and it's really gross, and, like, he says something to Gavin, and Gavin is like... I have a thing about that. And then, like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, it's his trigger. Don't do that. And Jack's just <laughs> like, why do I got something in my teeth? Yeah. So then we get a kind of a funny bit because Will does that then. He, like, goes into the fridge and is like, I've got some Oreos and some poppy seed muffins and some spinach dip. And, like... <laughs> it's just, like, a bunch of things that you'd get caught in your teeth. Yes, yes, yes. I, like... Like, he's he, clearly messing with Gavin, but, like, Gavin, like, can't hold the crazy in when he's doing it. And, like, yes. at one point grabs him and he's like... Drop that dip and put your hands up. It's just, it's just like, it's just like really crazy. But yeah, so we see him sort of like, uh, Will try to like lure him in by being like, you know, like, it's a shame you're not gay because I really kind of felt a connection. Oh my God. This... And then Michael Douglas says, woof. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So let's back up. So let's... I'm haunted by that woof. There's a couple woof. of things that we need to explain. So they're on the dance floor back at the club and a slow song comes on, which by the way, I've been to several gay clubs. This has never happened. Yes. Is this a thing that happened in the early I don't 2000s? Know. Maybe. Probably not. And so Michael Douglas decides to slow dance with Will from behind. Right. Where his <coughs> gun, gun is poking into Will's back, which does not make sense from a height perspective. No, it does not. So I think we're supposed to believe that Gavin has like the world's biggest penis. Or maybe it is his actual gun. Who wears their gun in the front? I don't know. Maybe he's overcompensating. Anyways, not important. So then we swing back into the scene with the spinach dip, and Will is like trying to be like, you know, I really felt something on that dance floor, but ah, uh, you're not gay, so it looks like I'm barking up the wrong tree. And then he woofs. But it's like a sensual woof. He's like, woof. 
And he's like touching his chin. <laughs> it's really <laughs> gross. Oh, I just wanted to. I just want. I like came out of my body. I think mm-hmm. I like tore off my skin, left it on the couch, and walked away. That sent Will's dating life back like at least three I'm months. I'm pretty sure Will's back to being bisexual. Like he's just. <laughs> he's gone. He's back half ass in the closet. He's like, I can't deal with this. I'm on women now. Maybe I should try women again. Just give him an. Give him the old college try. They probably won't bark at me. At least lady cops, like, they respect the struggle. He might date a nice lesbian. Though. He like, might date a nice they lesbian. Have, like, a, a lovely, like, Aww. non-sexual relationship. <coughs> but yeah, so Michael Douglas woofs, and it's horrifying, and we all throw up a little in our mouths. Mm-hmm. But then Will kind of manages to get out of the date by shoving an Oreo in his mouth. Right. And getting it all up in his teeth. Well, and, and the thing I find interesting about this episode is they try to have, like, a everyone learns a lesson. Oh, God. But it doesn't really go very well because Gavin is still crazy. Yeah. Like, but even... But Will is also, like, desperate? Like... Right. Like, even, like, taking out of the equation, like, the whole, like, I'm making up stories and I may or may not be a cop thing. Like, Gavin is still, like, super bent out of shape about the teeth thing. Oh, my God. Like, Will's just gonna let him go, man. Yeah. So, essentially, Will, like, kind of, like, he chases him out into the hall and he's like, aha, um, you make up elaborate stories to get guys to go on dates with you. And he's like, no, I don't. And then Jack, like, appears out of the elevator and is just, like, singing and ha- twirling an umbrella. And it's all very, like, slapstick. And then he just goes back into the elevator. And, <laughs> and I never saw him again. And it's really weird. And so then, like, Will tries to have this heart-to-heart with Gavin being like, you know, I know you just came out. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really difficult. But, like, you should just, like, ask a guy out if you like him. And even if you don't, like... It'll probably be okay anyways. And right. Then there's a crass joke about how he'll probably still get some action because gay men are all really into casual sex or something stereotypical. Yeah, I don't know. But then, like, Gavin's like, you're right, Will. And then he's, like, getting in the elevator. And Will's like, so is there anything you want to ask me? Because apparently, again, he is that desperate. And he's like, not with all that crap in your teeth. And then goes down the elevator. And that's... That's it. Michael Douglas has left the building. Yes, and and thank you for that. Thank you for leaving the building, Michael Douglas. It was it was a lot, guys. Yeah. Let's I'm... talk about Val. The less crazy person in this episode. It is never a good sign if Val is here and she's looking pretty darn sane yeah. in comparison. Like for as much it is as it is the exact same plot we've seen from Val at least a couple of times. Uh-huh. Her plot isn't incredibly bad this week. No, I mean, like, it's just sort of your typical Val shows up and tries to single white female Grace. Right. And, and she doesn't want to be Grace in full. She just wants to be Grace as a designer. Yeah, so, like, in previous episodes, we've seen her try to, like, take over Grace's position as Will's best friend. And have we've seen her steal stuff from Grace. Mm-hmm. But this time, she's trying to steal Grace's job. But not even her whole job. Like, she just wants to, like, feel good about herself and have like a client. Yeah. And, like, we have the episode with Val kicks off by her bringing some mail to Grace saying that, like, it got put in the wrong box. And then mm-hmm. she's like, I'm on some new psychotropic drugs. And I mean... Right. I'm normal now. And I'm, I'm normal. I mean, like, I have no sex drive and I'm dizzy all the time. But I think I can make <laughs> a really good friend. And, like, mood, Val. Mood. But, surprise, she is cuckoo crazy pants. And it's... It's sad because it would actually be kind of funny if you had an episode where, like, that plot was tweaked a little bit. Um, I, I honestly, God, would love to see an episode in which Val just straight up was, like, trying to atone for being crazy and being mm-hmm. like, I really think we could be friends. And then everyone just losing their shit around her because yes. they can't deal with her being normal. Yes. I think that would be hilarious. But that's not the episode we got. No, it is not. Instead, Val, like, rents the office next to Grace. 
and huh? then steals all of her ideas. Yep. And tries to steal her client, which uh, doesn't make sense. Uh huh. Like she tries to steal her client in front of the client by with the same ideas by mimicking Grace. Like literally, it's like Grace will say a word and Val will say it two seconds after. It's like right. it's like stop. Stop copying me. Stop copying me. Like, it's it's uh-huh. that. It's That's the plot. And I, I just, on a s- totally structural level, this plot doesn't make sense. Because even if this guy were convinced by Val's idea, it's the same as Grace's. Yeah. Like, I just, he should be convinced by it. It should be, because it's actually a good idea. But it's clearly not Val's. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's clearly not Val's. It's, like, incredibly obvious. Yeah. That she has done zero work. And there's like a moment where Grace is like, here are some sketches. And I was like, I'd love to show you some sketches. They're all up here in my head. And it's like, what else is up there? Ah! And like, I don't, there's no justification given for why this guy is putting up with it. I mean, if they'd had even a throwaway line where he was like, I mean, it seems like she's got stealing all your ideas, but she's offered a lot less money. You know what I mean? Like, Like, there, there could have been like a way to like justify it existing, but there isn't. Yeah. Basically, like, Val's idea is the is the raisin muffin of oh, this episode. Oh wow, so deep. I know, right? It looks like a chocolate chip muffin, but, it's but if raisins. you bite in, it's got goddamn raisins in it. All them dried fruits. <laughs> the only like positive thing about the Val plot line is that Karen does some weird, funny shit uh, relating to it. Yeah, I mean, I want to preface this though by saying that Karen is weirdly out of character this episode. A lot of people are out of character this episode. Yeah, but Karen's is especially noticeable because she's, like, very much so, like, defending Grace. And we've seen her defend Grace before, but normally it comes, like, after a bunch of insults towards Mm -hmm. Grace. Whereas this episode, she's straight up just like, no, Val is crazy and you need to get her out of here. Yeah, like... All of the characters in this episode are written like Genji Cohen characters. Yes. like Which makes sense. Yeah. But isn't Will and Grace. Mm -hmm. And Karen is kind of like... I said off mic that Jack was kind of like Crazy Eyes or Pensatucky. Yeah. But Karen is kind of more like... uh, um, What's what's her face's name? Um, She plays Alex. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. The, The woman who plays Alex and Karen kind of have a similar sardonic supportiveness yeah. to them. And, like, it's interesting to see the Will and Grace characters through this kind of different lens, but it's clearly a lens, and it's clearly different. Yeah, I just, like, I mean, I feel like there needed to be, like, some note being, like, Karen had changed her medications for this week or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was still really funny. It just wasn't, like, what we've come to know and love from Karen. Yes. And that was just very strange to get used to. Mm-hmm. But essentially, she kind of, like, saves the day by... She keeps throughout the episode repeating stuff about the ancient Chinese practice of Tai Chi. Which, okay. Which, fine, whatever. Um, and then there's there's some weird jokes about how you'll just want to do it again an hour later. Right. But Chinese food doesn't keep you full. Mm-hmm. Which has never been my experience, I would like to note. I am never hungry an hour after eating Chinese food. I'm never hungry like an hour after eating Chinese food, but I have definitely finished my Chinese food the same day. I mean, yeah, but normally I'm drunk, Mm. you know? I'm not. I'm not normally drunk. One time I fell asleep on top of a carton of fried rice. (laughs) 
still one of my top five stories. You weren't even there. I know. I, I was just really... Top five stories where I wasn't there. I, yeah, I had just started, like, my first full-time job, and I went out for Halloween, and I had been up for way too long, and I got really tired and fell asleep in my fried rice. And it I could woke happen up, to you, And listeners. I woke up just covered oh. in fried rice, and I still had all this purple That's so gross, on. but now I'm really hungry for Chinese food. Oh, me too. Do you think we can order that? Is it No, we've already eaten dinner tonight. So? Judging you. Judging you. <laughs> Anyways, so then Karen Karate Chops Val. Yeah, like, that's... That's literally like the amount of lead up you get to it. Like it's literally like people are talking about something else and then all of a sudden like Karen is mouthing off some cone and then she karate chops Val and that's yeah. just the end of the plot. And then she's just like, Grace, go finish your pitch. I'll hide the body. And I mean, I honestly, it would almost be more interesting if we were just to assume that Karen killed Val. <laughs> right. Like, like obviously, <laughs> obviously she didn't, but like, but like what there's is, no textual evidence to suggest that Val isn't dead. Like, maybe she's a ghost in the other couple of episodes she shows Whoa, up in. Oh, that's heavy. Super trippy, man. Super heavy. <laughs> but, so, yeah. So, and then I guess we assume that Grace gets the bid because the guy is like, wow, that was really weird. I'm sorry that happened. Well, I, I mean, like, what? There were no stakes at play. Like, obviously Grace was going to get the bid. Obviously this guy's not going to go with the crazy designer uh-huh. who probably hasn't even rented that office and is just, like, in there. You know what I mean? just, like, showed up. Yeah. Like, like, there are no stakes to this plot line. At least there's, like, stakes to the um, Will plot line this week. Which yeah. The stakes are that Michael Douglas might, like, kill him and eat his flesh. <laughs> Like a raisin. Right, like a raisin. I'm just going to keep bringing this back just to raisins. dry out his skin and like he'd be all kind of crinkly up. Yeah, like there are actual stakes there, but there are no stakes with Grace and Val. No, none at all. So. You know what? I think if Val had gone to gay group therapy, maybe there might have been stakes. And that was what I thought the runner was going to be. But tragically, no, Val did not go to gay group therapy. And or may not be alive. So you know. Possibly is dead. Maybe is a ghost now. Really eventful episode for her. Hmm. The day that Val died. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening this week, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. We are inching ever closer to the season four finale. It's happening. It's coming. Um, our lives are getting pretty busy, so that's actually great timing. Yep. Um, but in the next couple of weeks, we should be wrapping up this season and mm-hmm. then preparing for the future. The future. I know it's scary. So, uh, once we know more, you'll know more. Yep. Uh, but until then, Tess, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us on the internet? Yes, I will. Um, so the main page that we use for social media-ing is our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Show, but we also have a Facebook, a Tumblr, um, and you can find our episodes on iTunes and on Podbean. Uh, if you want to send us a more personalized message, we do have an email address. We are not a couple podcast at gmail.com and you can send us things there if you'd like. If you don't want to send us things there, please don't. Yeah, please don't just, oh, I hate sending you this, but like I'm sending it to you anyways. And that's that, like a three page like narrative. That's like a waste of time for everyone. Don't yeah, do that. Don't do that. We're Listen. not going to reply if you don't want us to talk to you. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. Although, if you send us hate mail, I bet you we'd read it on air. Oh, we will definitely read hate mail. That so would be if you, fun. If you've made it into, like, whatever episode we're on of this show. And you've decided you hate us and need to read hate mail. And you're, like, a Michael Douglas fan. And you're, like, oh, man, like, I gotta send him a note These about Michael bitches Douglas. bitches gonna get it. We like, will read that. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks for listening this week. And we'll be back next week with more Will and Grace. Yep. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. This 
This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hello, Eliza. This week's episode is brought to you by Val Adler Designs. It's the only Adler Designs company in New York. We pray.